Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sanin Podcast. The Sanin Podcast is a podcast that enables the people in the African diaspora share insightful and beautiful stories to inspire a generation of people across the continent of Africa. We are basically a digital platform that gives a voice to the voiceless across and beyond the continent of Africa. Today, our guest is Enoch Akwasikwateng, an author, software engineer, philosopher, and entrepreneur, born and bred in Ghana, but currently based in China. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Enoch Akwasikwateng. Enoch. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> it's nice having you on our podcast today. Yeah, I'm very excited. You know, like I'm, I'm also very happy for like meeting you today and how you are doing great since the time I met you. You've always been developing in your life, in all aspects of your life. I see a lot of improvement. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Enoch. So as I say to our listeners in your bio, you're a software engineer, entrepreneur, philosopher, and author. But I just want to ask you a simple question. Who is Inoka Kwasikwate? Tell me about yourself, your life journey, and basically yourself. Oh, I'm Inoka Kwasikwate. I'm born and raised in Kumase, Ghana. I currently live in China. I'm a software engineer by profession, an alumni of Jinju University. I love philosophy and intellectualism. Mm-hmm. That's nice to know. So you have this burning passion for philosophy and uh, intellectualism. If I'm to recall, you also authored the book, uh, but we shall go. We shall go. We shall talk about the book some parts later of our podcast. Um, but as you said, you're from Ghana and you currently reside in China. So I just want to know what are your describe your stay in China? How have you seen your stay in China for the previous time you've been here? Well, my stay in China has been very productive. I I literally came to China to study, but during my stay here, that was when I met my first business partner, like a Chinese lecturer. Um, she taught me a lot of things. She tried to make me understand how the world of business is very beautiful and lucrative. And as such, it has helped me develop my life in the aspect of business. And again, I've also learned a lot of things about Chinese culture, their way of life, how they are very time conscious, how they don't joke with their time with regards to anything like their business or even when there is when the, the, the time for them to go to lunch, they are very serious, they don't joke with their time. They are very, they make sure that everything is done at a time. Mm. You, you get my point? Like, point. Yeah, they don't use the time for lunch to say they are going to play. Mm. They don't use the time for playing to say they are going for lunch. Everything is well in order. I like that culture of Chinese. So I, basically I can say my stay in China has added value to my life and I've learned a lot of things. Okay, that's nice to know. Nice to know that you like the time management aspect of the Chinese uh, for the time you've been here in China. Um, So being an African in China, you must have known that over the past uh, 20 years, relations between Africa and China have grown. So I just want to ask, um, what are your points on African, China and African relations? Because there's a lot that's written about it. Um, Some say it's good, some say it's bad. But you being in China and from Africa, especially a country like Ghana, 
if I'm just give you a simple snippet, um, the highest number of African students in China by 2019 came from Ghana. So that's a lot of, uh, um, what I call it, people-to-people exchanges between China and Africa. So I just want to ask you, what are your thoughts on China and Africa relations? Oh, I think um, when judged from the scrutiny of social view, the relationship between Africa and China is very good and healthy. But from a political perspective, it's a story for another day, which can be best explained by a politician. But from the social view, I can say it's good, you know. But but as there is always more to a story than how the story was being told, like we just leave everything for the future and like probably politicians to answer that in the aspect of politics. But socially, I can say it's good and healthy. Uh, uh, that's nice to know that uh, you see some positive light in the Chinese and Africa relations. Uh, considering that you're also a beneficiary. Um, okay, uh, as, I, as I said before, um, you are an author. And uh, just a couple of weeks prior to this interview, you, you wrote an amazing book, which I think I'm blessed to have read, called Wisdom is the New Swag. I, I, just to give you credit, I like the title. It's catchy. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to you know, list, uh, reading that book. And I've read the book. Looking forward for the book to reach the shelves, especially across um, the continent, Africa. And um, so tell us, what's wisdom is the new swag? And what was your expression writing the book? Oh, okay. In the first place, uh, I'm a software engineer, so... A software engineer who is writing something about wisdom, I think, in a way, um, it's kind of parallel. It's kind of parallel with respect to my field of study. But I'm someone that um, I'm kind of I'm kind of indoor person, you know. But I like to talk to people who are close to me. So sometimes I used to talk to my friends. I used to talk to my brother George Jamal. I used to talk to Fusel, like my friends, like you yourself, John Paul, you know different kinds of people sometimes some people encourage me like my my guy you know like you, you like you sound very good when you speak you know um you you, you do really inform so like can't you consider maybe putting those words that you used to tell me in in a book or can't you script it down because i believe like you know you like you sound very uh, deep when when you are speaking you know so like basically it was just from um, motivation from from my friends, from my family, from my brothers, and a whole lot of people that I used to engage in conversation with. So they made me realize that um, I can do something like that. So I consider it, but it took me like some years to really say, okay, let me just let me just think of something, you know. So um, I I started on twenty nineteen. I I had that decision to write a book on 2019 so i was thinking about my environment i was thinking about myself and i was thinking about what can i write with respect to what is in me what can i write because before me thinking about that i try to identify myself well to know what am i good at you get my point so later on in 2020 i decided to write something about wisdom so i wanted to get a very nice title for my book and you know 
in in this our current world everyone wants to look flashy everyone wants to look nice you know everyone wants to get a new jordan a new nike you know so then i thought of something like as someone wants to put on maybe a stefano ricci t-shirt or a gucci belt or like just to just to show like the person guess what then i i thought of something like okay it's good to put on all those things but the real swag is in wisdom because when you have wisdom you can easily attain all of those things very easy because at the end of the day the inventor of all those good things like good cars lavish you know those kind of nice belts designers and all those things they were they were wise people that's why they were able to invent something like that you get because um necessity is the mother of invention so it takes a wise person to be able to invent something that will be necessary to the masses for him to get money so if you can chase wisdom then that will that is the greatest work that you have to grieve for to, to crave for because when you have wisdom all those things that you think it gives you swag you like you get more of it you get my point you get more of it so then i thought of like a title wisdom is the new swag you understand mm -hmm. so in this our era um i know people dress good you can look good but my guy like go for wisdom like that, that is the new swag you know that's the new swag in town Okay, uh, I've, I've I've liked your your analogy of, of of wisdom and swag and looking good and how wisdom is the ultimate uh, is the ultimate swag. Um, so you as the author in your book, I just want to ask you, um, what what were your favorite chapters in your book? Um, okay, I like the chapter that talks about wisdom is a defense, and I also like the chapter. That talks about money, your defense. Yeah, I like these these chapters. So, um, going to um, I've I've been blessed to have read your book before, and uh, to be honest, those were also among my favorite chapters. Um, there's that chapter that talks about money, uh, where you wrote extensively about you know the financial power money brings and how you should uh, use your money respectfully and wisely. And uh, there is there is a part in your book uh, where you say that um, money is the root cause of evil, but it, you know it should, you should, people shouldn't treat money as something that is that is bad, rather than something that is good and you can use it effectively for your gain. And um, obviously, we have very many listeners across across the world and across the continent, so we would want you to expand on your on your school of thought when it comes to the financial aspect that you put in your book, especially about money that you wrote there? Okay. Um, in the first place, um, my book is an excerpt which led um, the reader to believe in wisdom and its application in life as a requisite for a successful and comfortable life. You know? So the chapter that talks about money literally inspires the author to consider making money. I know everyone knows that money is necessary, you know, but you know, when you go to school and the reason why your parents like took you to school is for you to study, but sometimes you can come back home and your parents will tell you, my son, study very hard, you know, the same way sometimes teachers you can tell you, um, JP, study very hard, but that was, that is the core in why you are there, 
You understand? Mm. So in as much as uh, people know that we have to make money, or people know that money is used to buy things and stuff, like I, I found it necessary to to still reinform people that this this notion of money that we know, like um, it's very raw. It's something that we have to we have to really go for it. You know. Mm. So I it was literally something like highlighting on a notion that the masses already know. You know, sometimes some people used to say that uh, money is the root of all evil and a lot of, you know, like, mm, a lot of impressions that in one, in one way or the other, it sounds ma- like myopic. So in that chapter, I highlighted a lot of reasons on why money is necessary, on why you have to go for money and the need for money. Yeah, um, Boring knowledge from Abraham Maslow, hierarchy of needs. He spoke something about like um, first need, the basic need that is food, shelter, warmth, you know, and food. You can attain food when you have money. You can't if you don't have money, you can't get food unless it's a gift. Mm. And ask yourself how long will how long can someone give to a food every day, you know? Mm. And if you want to care for shelter, if you want to get shelter, to you, you got to have money. So, in that sense, it makes money an, an essential tool to life, you know. So, if you're a young guy, when you're a young girl, like, you have to have this impression that money is something vital that you got to fight for, you know. Because in this our world, if you don't have money, you'll be more or less like a slave to the one who has, you know. Mm-hmm. If, if you are poor, if you are poor, people will not even love to come close to you. People will not even love, love to be around you. You know, because mm. at the end of the day, everyone wants to be around someone who can add value to his or her life. And the only friend to a poor man that I can say is very loyal to the poor man is air or oxygen. Mm. You get my point? Because if you are poor, you can breathe. But if mm. you are poor, like for you to get a friend, like, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's a story for another day. So then I, I found it very um, crucial to 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 talk about money in my book mm. and i realized money too is a defense you understand mm. money money is a defense as even the book of ecclesiastes talk about money is a defense in this world literally if you want to attend good education you need money if you know uh, money can't make you happy anyway you understand but it can assist you mm. to crave for things that can make you happy you get my point mm. Okay, so I've, I've, I've liked the way you, you, you speak about money and, you know, the power money brings to society and to, and to people. And, uh, but yeah, money has its also its downsides and its good sides. Okay, let me ask something more. You know, mm. we always say that you have to love what you do, you know. Mm. Anything that you do, whether it's your work, you have to love what mm. you do. Mm. But when you are poor, when you lack money, mm. you can even do what you hate. Mm. When you don't have money, you can do what you hate. Someone can give you a task. Do this and let me give you a penny like this hundred dollars. You can do just because you are mm. poor. You have no option. You, don't, you know, you, you have no option. You do it, you do it just to survive. You, you get my point? So, like, uh, I think money is something very crucial that everyone should consider it with passion. You know, people should passionately work for money. You, you, get, you should passionately make, work for money. And in as much as you are pursuing money, you have to make sure that you are first pursued wisdom because when you are pursuing money and you have wisdom, it makes it easy for you to get it mm. and to also help you to handle it. Because if you have money and you don't have wisdom, the, the money will control you. And when money controls you, you will be a failure. Mm. 
Mm. You get my point. So in my book, I think there is some poem in that talks about if you always hear people speak speaking bad about me like money is evil, me money I'm evil. First, first assess the one who is handling me. Mm. You you can question the one who is handling me. Scrutinize mm. the person who is handling me. Mm. Like check the person's intelligence, the person's school of thought. How deep is the person? Mm. So those who make money looks evil are those who fail to handle the money well because they lack wisdom. Mm. So in as much as you have you have interest or thought to pursue money, make sure you 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 pursue wisdom and the wisdom will help you to get the money at ease and it also help you to handle the money. Because mm. if you have money and if you don't have wisdom, the money will control you, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's when sometimes you can have some some hundred dollar and you maybe you are shopping more. You know that this hundred dollar is your money for you to um leave for the week. But you can just enter back into a shop and just say you want to buy something like impulse buying, you know. You you, you have you, you feel in handling the money, you know. But when you have wisdom, you will know. You will know that this is these are my want, these are my need. So you will pursue your need mm, before mm. you will be thinking about your want. Mm. And you also have a budget for your for your life every week. This is the amount that I want to spend as a young man. Mm. Whom you are receiving some, you know, some few dollars as a salary mm. every week, every month, you know, mm. so that you will not overspend. You get, you get my point. So money is very essential to to life. It's very, it's very important. If you want to live life and live it well, you got mm. to make money, or else you'll be slave to those who have it. Okay, uh, I've I've liked what you've said. Uh, just wanted to ask, who are your role models in the financial world? The people you look up to, because I know in your book you quoted John D. Rockefeller, but uh, I just want to hear from you. Who who are those financial uh, people, past or present, who you look up to and you speak inspiration to when it comes to the financial world of literacy and use? Oh, I like John D. Rockefeller. I like um, the richest man in the world now, Elon Musk. I also like um, Jack Ma, the, mm. yeah, the Chinese billionaire. I also like him. So I think I read a lot of stuff about them, their life, um, their thoughts on money, and you know a lot of stuff that they talk about as far as money is concerned. Like I read a lot about them. You get my mm. point? Yeah, because a good student is the one who learn from his masters. So mm. probably they are my masters now. So I look up to them. I read about them, and I read about. Like how do you think? How do you perceive money? Do you think it's possible becoming a Jack Ma in Africa? Yeah, the fact that you even ask me that question means it's possible. The fact that you can conceive the question to me, it is achievable. It is attainable. <laughs> so it's very possible, you know. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you can ask me. Is it possible that I'm the creator of the world? <laughs> you can't ask me that, right? Because your mind cannot conceive that. Yeah. So whatever that is conceivable, it's achievable. So the fact that you can conceive of that question, then it's very possible. So it's very possible for Afri- the number of African billionaires to increase. It's very possible. It's very, very possible. So what do you think is lacking right now? Um, I, think, um, I think most youth in Africa, they are not trying to be themselves. Yeah. They are not trying to embrace their culture. They are mm. not trying to be proud of their heritage, you know? Mm. Like I always say something like, mm, no matter who you are, you have to love who you are. Identify mm. yourself very well. Love where you are coming from. Mm. 
love your culture mm. and know how you can use your culture to add value to your life, society, your country, and the world at large. Mm. You get my point? Someone can be living in Africa and a person wants to be living as someone who, who, is, living at, who is living in Europe mm. and the person wants to win as how the person won. Mm. You get my point? Like, it's not done like that. Most, most used in Africa, instead of them to be proud of themselves as an Africans, for them to know the problems in Africa and to see how they can solve it. Mm. A lot of them are rather looking elsewhere. The worst thing was that we believe mm. they are developed. And agree, agreeably, I will not even say agreeably, they are developed. They are more developed. The worst thing was very developed. Mm. So you can find an African, instead of him to like identify himself well, be proud of himself and focus on his dreams, ambitions, he will be rather looking at how one American adopted some star to succeed. But people have different life. People have different soul. What works for someone might not work for you. Mm. So it's, it's hard time most African youth will identify themselves very well and they will embrace where they are coming from. Like, yeah, I am an Africa. When it comes to Africa, these are the things that African lack. What can I think? What can I invent? How can I solve the problems in Africa mm. so that it can add value to my society, my country, myself, and the world at large? Because at the end of the day, you only get success or you mm. only get rich by solving problems. Mm. And Africa too is a, uh, it's an environment that is full of opportunities. I mean, it ha- there are a lot of problems in Africa that has not been solved. Mm. So, if the African youth can focus on Africa, you know, can think about where they are coming from and can be proud of changing the narrative, the worst thing what about have about Africa, then I believe they can develop with respect to their talent, their dreams, their aspiration. You know, I always say that when you take the crocodile from the um, from the river to put the crocodile in the daylight, <laughs> mm. it, like, it, will, it will be like a torture. You get my point? Mm. Yeah. The same way when you put well, a, a monkey in a swimming pool, it, it, it's going to be a problem, right? So at the end of the day, you have to know where you are coming from so that you mm. can know how you can adjust your life mm, with respect to where you are coming from, with respect to your environment. I'm not saying we should not learn culture from other places. You, it's very good to assimilate culture from other places, but make sure that the cultures that you are assimilating will not infiltrate your culture mm. or will not kill your own culture because mm. your culture is your pride. Mm. Your culture is what represents you. Your culture is what identifies you. So in as much as we will learn cultures from other places, we have to make sure that it does not kill our own culture. I get you. So one of the reasons that you suggest that there's not so much African people on the Forbes list is that we are not having people solving African problems with African solutions. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's a nice insight, though. Um, back back again to your book. Um, having read it, um, there is a chapter that talks about... Uh, love relationships and uh, how um, women should treat men and the institution of marriage uh, you know i found this chapter very interesting honestly uh, i must admit because it has an insight that i don't even think people of the older generation have 
have um have that perspective like what you shared in the in the book um you know you speak about how a woman should treat her man and how that creates harmony in the relationship and in marriage uh you speak about the institution of marriage and how it's uh you know necessary for for the world for peace apparently you link marriage with peace uh, so i just want you especially on that point of marriage and peace uh keeping in fact that right now there are many high rates of divorce happening across i think now in the western world but divorce rates are increasing so one i just want you to to tell me your thoughts on marriage like as you shared in the book and that relation between marriage and peace you know okay in the first place um we all need love love is such a great feeling that makes all of us happy everyone needs love you know even when you have pets and you show the pet love, you know, it becomes happy, you know. Yeah, so I believe love is such a great thing that it holds all of us together, you know. Um, I, and I believe love is the only thing that can heal the world. You know? The world is constantly um, searching for love. And love is constantly searching for a dwelling place. So when we all place our mind in the angle to love one another i believe um the world will be more better place as it has always been as the chinese philosopher confucius says love is like a spice it can sweeten your life however it can spoil it too in our day-to-day most young men and women um, we involve in relationship like dating but most probably the aim is to end time to marriage but unfortunately in our world today, a lot of young men and women frowns upon marriage because some feel like um, marriage is, is kind of exploitative on the side of women. Some men also feel like it's also exploitative on the side of a man. Mm. And some too are scared of divorce, you know. Like constant research has been done on, as to why people are scared of um, marriage. Even just... 1992, Anthony Giddings and Orish uh made a research and they claimed that the divorce statistics put off people. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I believe marriage is, is something good that everyone should care for. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it's a very great institution, you know. Mm-hmm. And arguably, I think marriage is one of the oldest institutions that we have in our world today, you know. Um, I quote Jeremy Taylor, the six years of divines. A marriage is the mother of the world and preserves kingdoms and fill cities, churches and heaven itself. You, you get my point. Mm. So, mm, if you're a young man or if you're a young woman, um, uh, I think it will be very crucial to your life when you think of marriage or when you consider marriage. Because mm, most people are trying to replace cohabitation. Mm. Mm. with marriage you get my point instead mm. of getting married they rather like to like um, practice cohabitation but at the end of the day um, if you want an institution mm. that will draw the, the child closer to the appearance then that institution is marriage it's marriage you get my point as mm. said by um, one popular bishop mm. I think I've forgotten his name if I remember his name I'll tell you mm. Mm. You get my point. 
and in marriage it helps develop the man and the woman marriage also helps develop the children that comes into this world mm. no matter how people will say they like marriage or they don't like marriage as as we've been humans mm. like sex will, sex will always be a discussion mm. and if there is sex likely mm. like you know children will be like will be, will be produced you know and if people frown upon marriage then it means the fact that children will be produced mm. most children will be I, I, I get your 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 point when you say about uh, the institution of marriage and how and how um it's necessary for the development and growth for both the the man and woman and harmony at home uh you have touched on on the issue of cohabitation and marriage and why some people prefer cohabitation to marriage and how marriage and institution is necessary um but there's that aspect that again i asked that correlation between marriage and harmony in society something i want to say because uh we have a, a rising if i'm to say an, an epidemic of um um single parents uh, single mothers and single fathers raising children on their own and um just to to just to hear your views on that if someone is raised as a single by a single parent um how does that affect the development of the child going forward and how would be how would it be better if that person was raised in a home where the parents are husband and wife uh, vis-a-vis raised as a single loving doting mother or father independently um i believe um marriage marriage helps children to get that necessary platform for character formation you know mm. you know i want to we always we, we we already know that broken homes is one big factor that promotes social vices in in our world today in cities communities mm. so if marriage is being discouraged it means like um, the fact that most children will be raised by single parenting or more or less broken home it will increase social vices you get a point to mm. increase social vices which will threaten the peace that we enjoy in our world today and when peace is being threatened it means it will be an alarming um, information for government to also spend money and you know just to 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 control those that that kind of vices that it has been produced as a result of broken homes single parent because i believe when a child is being raised by both parents mm. it tells from the 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 character of the child world not mm. to say that children who are being raised by their mother and father are the best mm. but as to every rule there is an exception mm. you understand it's still not it's still not an issue Mm. You, you, you get my point. Mm. So I believe that marriage is, is very good. If you want, if we, if you always want to crave for peace, harmonious living, and and the fact that there is divorce in marriage, or sometimes you can marry the wrong person, should not discourage anyone of marrying. You know, sometimes mm. you can eat food and it took you, but you don't stop. You don't say you will not eat food again. Mm. You get my point. So I believe every good thing that can add value to your life or that can give you Hannah. It, it also has its own challenges. Mm. You get my point? It also has 
it's all challenges. As Buddha says, um, a good marriage happen is a union between two good forgivers. People mm. can easily forgive themselves. They will have mm. a good marriage. I believe divorce scares people. I believe a lot of people have their own reasons why they would not want to consider marriage. But mm. I'm not married anyway. But I believe marriage is a crucial thing that we all have to crave for. That's why when you have realized most of most religious bodies, mm. Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, a lot of religious bodies, mm. like they all I mm. subscribe to the school of thought of marriage. Mm. Okay, I I get your point uh, on that. Um, so this is probably the last chapter that I'll ask you about. The chapter that talks about um, how women should treat a man. Um, why you you know you give your piece of thought on how women should treat um, their male partners during a relationship and during marriage. Um, some people may take offense with what you say, especially the 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 feminist uh, extreme feminist group of people. So I just want to ask, uh, what is it that you wrote about how women should treat a man? Just a brief summary and your honest views on uh, feminism. Okay. Um, if if you are in a relationship with a man, you know. I believe no matter who the person is, whether he's rich or he's poor, as far as you choose the person to be your fiancé or your boyfriend or anything, I believe you have to respect the man because one thing that turns men on is respect. When you respect a man, he interprets it as you love him. So in my book, I think I highlighted something like um, you have to respect your boyfriend as your husband. And treat him like your boyfriend. Mm, I didn't get that. You have to respect your boyfriend as your husband, and treat him as your boyfriend. You get my point, yeah. Because there are lot, there are there are a lot of people or young women who feel like I have to only respect my boyfriend or my man only when I'm married. You get my point. But you respecting him to him is you loving him. So failing to respect him means failing to love him. Then how can he have that kind of strong um, evidence to feel like this person loves me, so let me marry her? Mm. You get my point? So failing to respect your boyfriend and trying to postpone it in marriage, it it means failing to love him. And a man will only marry you when he feels you love him. Mm. You get my point? And you respecting him to also serve as an evidence that you can respect him Mm. tomorrow. Mm. You get my point. If yeah. I if I slap you today, and I tell you that tomorrow I will laugh with you, I think it will be very hard for you to believe that. Yeah. I but if that. I laugh with you today, and I tell you tomorrow too, I will laugh with you. At least I gave you evidence today. Mm. So respecting your man mm. or your boyfriend is literally trying to let him know that yeah, you can do that in the next stage of love. And when I also talk about treating like your boyfriend, it. I also mean that don't treat him like a husband, like you are going to do some wife duties that is in marriage. No. When mm. someone is your boyfriend, he has to be treated as a boyfriend. Just that for the respect, you have to give it to him, but you have to treat him like a boyfriend. You shouldn't say you just you want to go to his house and go and do some activities, clean, you know. Mm. Unless you yourself you want to do. But yeah. that is not something which is 
you know, compulsion for you to do. You have to treat him like your boyfriend. He's your boyfriend, you know. So you can't be performing duties as a, as a wife. But for respect, it's good to respect him. So respect him as your husband and treat him like your boyfriend. I believe by so doing, he can have that feeling like, yeah, let me graduate this relationship into marriage. Okay. Uh, so basically, you say that a woman's greatest attribute she can give her partner is respect. Because yeah. men value respect and respect to turn into love and affection. Yeah, yeah respect, respect and loyalty. I think and, and loyalty. Are, I think the men too has to also to be loyal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, my other question was your views on feminism. Uh, how, how? What's your views on feminism? Oh. My understanding of feminism is just it's a forum that aim at em, em, um, empowering women. Mm. You understand, empire women. If if it doesn't turns out that like women wants to be more superior than their opposite gender, then I think feminism is okay. But if it turns the other way around, like women is trying to be more superior than their opposite gender, then that will become a problem because I don't think anyone is superior than the other. Mm. Um, the fact that a man is supposed to lead a family doesn't mean a man is superior than the other you get my mm. point because it's only it's only one who does not want to grow mm. who they want to have a leader you get my point mm. uh, and you know two 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 captains can't drive a ship mm. you understand oh, you, you get my point so i think one has to be a leader so i think if 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 it's, if it's in the sense of woman empowerment come on it's okay because i have sisters I, I want my sisters to be empowered. You see? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So if it's in the side of building women, trying to build the, the, talent in, the talent in women and, you know, empowering them with respect to vocational training, their interests, their skills, mm. then it's good. But if it turns out to, to be like um, a calculated agenda against the other oopsie gender, then that, that, that becomes quite a problem. Okay, I, I've gotten your views right there. Um, so, as we conclude on your book and your, and your authoring aspect of your life, I just want to ask, um, what are your future plans in your writing career and what are your plans for this book? Because it hasn't yet been published. So, what are your plans for, for Wisdom is a New Swag? Because obviously people will be listening in and they will want a copy. And... As you, as an author, um, what are your plans in your writing career going forward? Oh, in fact, I dedicated this book to young men and women everywhere, and like, um, every student who is ready to make great impact in his or her life, extension to one society and the world at large. So, um, I will still be like, serving the world with some piece of my writing skills, you know. I will still be doing that um, as time goes on. And I'll also be carrying on with my business activities and probably still be a student because life, life does not stop teaching us. So we, we, we forever remain a student as far as life is concerned. So the book will be published in the coming months. Uh, we'll be on the shelves across Africa and maybe here in China. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay.
Okay, okay. So obviously we shall tell people where to find it and where to purchase it, both online and offline. Um, oh, it was nice talking to you about your writing. About your writing uh, aspect, uh, you as an African youth who has been um, in China for some years. Um, and Africa being the youngest continent with the world, with the highest percentage of youth. Um, you have achieved some some things in your life. As I've said, you're a software engineer, you're an author, you're an entrepreneur who has a business, and you're a philosopher. Um, what, from your life journey, what advice can you give the youth today across the continent of Africa and maybe in the whole world? Okay, I will advise the youth to believe in themselves, believe in their dreams. Um, they should never give up, you know. Whenever, whenever you give up, it's as if you never even believe in yourself. No matter what you do, believe in yourself. When you fail, failure is not a reason to give up. You get, you get my point. Failure is not a reason to give up. And I believe every successful person knows that failure made him strong. So I will advise all youth, young men and women to believe in themselves and believe in whatever that they do. They should be happy. They should have fun. But they should make sure that they are not misconstruing fooling as having fun. Because sometimes you can be doing other things that does not add value to your life and you think you are having fun. Because as far as life is concerned, mm. we always we grow. We don't decline. You know, like Life is meant for you to grow, not for you to decline. So make sure that everything that you do will add value to your life, will, will place you in the next stage that can give add glory and honor to your life. So every youth in Africa should believe in himself, believe in yourself as an African, and believe you can do it, you can make it. Okay, uh, that's a very, very nice message. Uh, a source of, you're providing a source of inspiration and uh, to youth in, in the area of Keep pushing on and fighting on. And also, I think I've also realized that a lot of times um, people prioritize on things that make sense than things that is relevant to their life. And it is a very big problem that a lot of times it puts people in, in ditches and, and, and in pits, you know. Um, when you're a young man or when you're a young woman, whatever thing that you do, in as much as that thing makes sense, ask yourself, is it also relevant to your life? Because it's hard time people will learn to prioritize on what is relevant to their life than only what makes sense to their life. You get mm-hmm. When someone is telling you something, um, you have to make sure that in as much as what the person is telling you it makes sense, how can that thing be relevant to your life? Because it's not everything that makes sense can be relevant to your life. Mm-hmm. So if you follow things just because that what the person is telling you or what you want to do makes sense, you'll be making mistake. You get my point? You'll be making mistake. And life is something that sometimes when life teaches you, uh, it's one way or the other very, very painful. And as I always say that mm, the pain that is caused by a mishandled life is worse than a pain that is caused by a mishandled knife. So when mm. you're a youth, make sure you handle your life well with wisdom. You can mm. make sure you defend your territory mm. with wisdom, mm. and make sure that you be very circumspect 
on every step that you take, any decision that you take, make sure it will be relevant to your life. Not only because the thing makes sense. Because at the end of the day, the sense in nonsense mm. is because it is nonsense. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes nonsense can even appear sensible yeah. at first sight. Unless maybe upon critical scrutiny, you realize this thing is nonsense. So yeah. when you only prioritize on the fact that something is making sense, you will mm. make a mistake. Also, assess if that thing can be relevant to your life. A good person can first appear as a bad person. And a mm. bad person can first be seen as a good person. Okay, um, that was nice to know. Uh, remember, as I introduced you, I said you're a philosopher, and the people ask me why you call him a philosopher. <laughs> you know, have you put him in the brackets of Aristotle, Socrates, King Solomon? Um, so basically, I just want to ask you what's your view on philosophy and what's your perception on philosophy? And you know, the way you talk. Is you have this this argument for wise words, wise sayings, and you try to think situations usually outside the box. So, I just want you to tell me your philosophical side of of view of life and why this this tag of philosopher on you. <laughs> wow, that's a very beautiful question. I believe philosophy is just thinking hard. You know. It's like stretching your thinking capacity so that at least you can be you can be considered as a wise person or you can be wise, you know. So I believe philosophy is more of a mental activity. Um, as Levinson will, 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 will say, you get my point. Yeah. So I love, I love philosophy because it, 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 it helps me to challenge myself. It yeah. helps me to challenge to what extent uh, yeah. can I stress my mind to find a solution for a problem that I thought it was not having solution. Mm. You get my point? Yeah, as Bertrand Russell says, philosophy is, is, is an attempt to answer ultimate questions. That's questions about clarity, um, coherence, or reasonableness, or like concepts and presuppositions that people who are not philosophers will presume that to be intelligible. Mm. You, you get my point? So I believe philosophy helps me to take um, to, to take care of a lot of things that other people will just look down on it and feel like, ah, this thing just should just be like that because maybe they feel like it doesn't make sense or something, mm, you know? Mm. But there are a lot of things that sometimes you will think it does not make sense or cannot be solved or cannot be answered. That if you are to challenge yourself and think about those things, you realize it can give a very beautiful insight, you know? Mm. As um, the master of philosophy, Socrates, will say, Philosophy helps us to take care of our souls. So I think I'm just taking care of my of my soul by pursuing philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, there's this common saying that the, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Do you follow that same narrative? Yeah, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe that. The the fear of God is, is the big when you fear God, you have wisdom. So basically, I think if I'm to employ such a this beautiful statement in the world of philosophy i can also say that um the fear of your leaders uh or like or or or, or the fear of of law is, the, is also the beginning of wisdom you know the fear of a universal law 
is the is the beginning of wisdom. Which of course I will call the universal law to be God. Mm. Mm. You get my point. Yeah. Okay. Um also another aspect that I'm interested in apart from the writing and the philosophy and the part of being a philosopher is the your entrepreneurial side. Um you said you're, you're doing some entrepreneurial work, um, which is impressive. Uh, so I just want you to just give me just a highlight of your business side and how you find business, especially as an African here in China and, um, you know, vis-a-vis the African market. And yeah, basically your your business story and side of it. Oh, I think, as I said earlier, it's, it began when I met... Um, one Chinese lecturer whom we became friends and then um, she was business-minded and she was already business-oriented. So she involved me and we started doing things together like international trade, shipping stuff to Africa and, you know, and then that's it. Mm. I think you are, you, are, you, are in, you are in part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I understand, part, yeah. But, uh, as part of it, but you yeah. are the brains behind, you know, the the business side of it, you know, because uh, the 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 target market was Ghana. So I just want to know the the what was your how was the business running, uh, the commodities you did, and how do you find the the import export business between uh, China and Africa. Oh, it's very great. The important exports between China and Africa is very great, especially when you are very consistent and persistent um, towards certain activities. Very great. And when you are very circumspect on how you price your goods to your customers, uh, at the end of the day, you'll be having a lot of customers who can believe in you, who can trust in you, just because you give them quality goods and at reasonable price. So I think it's good. I've learned a lot of experience from it. Business will not only give you money, it will also give you an experience, even how to interact with people, how to communicate with people. Like it has developed my communication skills. Mm. Yeah, because to to convince someone to take money from his pocket to buy your goods mm. is, is not a joke, you know. Mm. So business will also stress you on how you can learn to communicate well. Mm. Yeah. So I think it has impacted my life in so many angles and in so many ways. Mm. You get my point? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's good uh, to know that you're doing something. Uh, something, you know, financial and trying to help out with, you know, society and all that. Um, you... And also, you know, this, the secret to success is to do common things on common well as John D. Rockefeller, like, always... Oh, Says so. Mm. I, I think I will also give this little piece of advice to every youth mm. out there, just to to keep on doing what they are doing. You know, mm. to keep on doing the common things in in, in a different way, in a different way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the best way not to feel hopeless is to get up and do something. Don't wait for good things to happen to you. If you go out and make some good things happen. You will fill the world and yourself with hope from the office of our ex president Barack Obama, you know. Yeah. So, like, um, all these quotes are what like um, keeps me going, you know. Mm. Yeah, so I will, that's why I'm also sharing 
some of these words from these powerful people yeah. like to everyone who will be listening so that everyone can at least have hope and believe in himself that mm. yes we all can do it we all can make it we all can change the narrative okay uh that's good um wow i must admit uh you have been very insightful and inspiring with your with your stories uh, your life journey and your aspects of your life um probably you have come to the end of of our of our session uh but um you know we wanted to spice some things up uh <laughs> so we have a segment called hitro on our podcast where we ask five different questions to our guests at the closing session of our podcast and um are you ready yeah i'm ready okay question one your favorite african country apart from ghana and why oh it's nigeria so why nigeria because they give us competition they give us competition in different fields like football music a lot of stuff and i believe anyone who give you competition helps you to put like to put out your best you know so they they stretches us to do to do well to do better Ah. So Nigeria, yeah. So has better jollof, Nigeria or Ghana? Oh, even Nigerians they know it's Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> even Nigerians themselves they agree. Yeah. yeah, I think finally they have already they are, they have now agreed that it's, it's Ghana. Ghana has better jollof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, the second question: Your favorite music genre and why? Um. Okay. I like I like high life. High life. Yeah. Yeah, her life is her life is an indigenous genre of music in Ghana. Mm. Yeah, so I like it. Which, of course, I think I can, I can say in a way that uh, Afrobeat has some spice of um, her life in it. Mm. Yeah, so I, I like her life. I like Afrobeat. Let me put it that way. Uh, so, who is your favorite when it comes to the people of your country? Uh, Sakode, King Promise. There's Jackie on the scene. You have people like uh, Black Sheriff. You have Manifest. Uh, so, do you like all of them, or is one that makes you stand out? I think I like all of them. You like all of them. Yeah, I like all of them. Ah, like then they're all, all blessed for. Then they're all blessed that yeah, Akwesi yeah. likes all the musicians in Ghana. Yeah, they are all doing well. They're all doing well. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, what's that thing that makes Ghana unique? that you have not found anywhere else in the world. Tell us about the uniqueness of Ghana. Um, I think our food, our cultures, our hospitality, I think it, it, it makes Ghana unique. You know, Ghana is a country that I think our hospitality level is, is, is massive, it's very great, yeah. especially if you're a foreigner. Mm. They, they can treat you like I don't know you are from you are you are an angel from heaven. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, that's good. If uh, the people of Ghana are so mm. welcoming, uh, yeah, our music too mm. is also great, and I think the peace we enjoy as Ghanaians, mm. I think it's also great. Okay, um, I must say I, I like Ghana for the culture. It's uh, very nice, especially the people from the Ashanti region. You know, um, 
so the fourth question what aspect of china would you want to take to 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 africa what thing have you seen in china that you feel like yeah it could be culture it could be a commodity or something but what aspect do you think can you take back or would you like to share with africa oh okay they are time management yeah they are time management i think i would like to um adopt i think i think i've, I've already adopted that star mm. yeah time uh, management yeah, yeah. and give you so let me let me let me let me add something on the concept of like um prioritize on what is relevant to your life but not only on what makes sense mm. you know I, I have a couple of friends that their life has been has been a mess just mm. because someone told them to do this mm. and the things appear sensible to them but at the end of the day it's it it end up destroying them you mm. get what I mean? mm. so i think i will also add something little for the youth to be also be very careful mm. on whom they work with on whom they choose as a friend you get mm. what I, mean? I think there as there is a saying like know whom to tell what and what to tell who mm. like the youth should should choose their friends very wisely mm. don't don't choose a friend just because you want to you just want to have a friend or everyone is having a friend mm. yeah. have a friend when you feel like at this point in your life you need a friend and that will only happen when you first identify yourself very well to mm. bring yourself so that you can know who can even be your friend mm. yeah, but if not and you mess up with the wrong people people will direct you in a in a way that will lead you to a street and mind you it's not all people that we see them their life has been destroyed or they have been led or they have been misled it means maybe they thought what they were doing was stupid you know mm. sometimes they sometimes they felt what what they were doing mm. was wise mm. but at the end of the day like it was it was not adding any value to their life you know mm. you know in our daily in, the, in our daily life activities or our interaction with people mm. um, sometimes we tend to make zoomorphism statements we do not actually make sense when critically scrutinized for example one can say my friend la- loves woman like a dog or this my friend can run, run like a horse you know it's at, the, the actual sense in it is like my friend my friend can run very fast mm. but then really it's not something that is too that is carrying so much like um information mm. so literally what i'm trying to see is that mm. someone can tell you something that it can first appear as sense to you but then really if we if we didn't check on how that thing can add value to your life mm. on how that can be relevant to your life you can follow it and then your life will be astray. So people should be very careful on whom they will choose as a friend and they should prioritize what is relevant to their life, not only on what makes sense. Okay. Uh, that's some nice words, some nice wise words that you said there. Okay, our last question is uh, your favorite African personality, past or present? Oh, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. Ah, Kwame Nkrumah. Yeah. Why? Why do you like Kwame Nkrumah? Because um, he he was a visionary leader. He was a visionary leader, and at that time, that he was having such a great mm. vision. Mm. I think it's 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 mind blowing. Mm. It's mind blowing. So I like him. Okay. Um. I think we have come at the end of our podcast. Um. Thank you so much, Mister Enoch, for passing by and sharing us your insight, uh, your insightful and inspiring story. 
uh, we are grateful here at the Sanyin Podcast that you honored our invitation. Uh, we are looking forward to hearing you again. And thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It's my pleasure. <laughs> uh,